It's such an honor and a privilege to be once again joined for Story of Hope to Mads Daisel. Thank you for your time, Mads. And how are you today? I'm very good. Thanks. Good to see you. Thanks for having me again. You're so welcome. It's a story that uh, needs to be told. It's a story about God restoring, God giving back that which the devil has stolen. And uh, that's why we've asked Mads to do three stories of hope. Uh, two days ago, we had the first part, yesterday part two, and now it's for part three. Mads, please go ahead and share your personal testimony. Thanks so much, Jonathan, and welcome listeners. So yeah, often people meet me and they see the person that I am today. They see my confidence, they see my, my training communication skills, uh, and they automatically assume that this is who I have always been, but that's the furthest part of the story and from the truth. And so when I reflect back on my, my schooling years, school was always a struggle for me. Um, I speak around in the book that I was a, a G-class kid, and G didn't stand for good. You know, it was the A, B, C class, and then kind of miss a few, and then you got down to the G class. So I always believed that I was stupid. Um, that I wasn't an intellectual. I actually uh, barely passed matric. I couldn't get into university. I had to study to become a hairdresser because I could only do a trade. And it was only later in my mid-20s that I was able to get into university, but as a mature student, uh, and so it wasn't because of my grades. I only got into varsity because of my age, um, but that's cool. But even those years, I really struggled because I'm not the most, I'm a very practical person. I'm, I wouldn't call myself an intellect. And I remember many of the students that I was studying with would often ask questions with words that went right over my head. And this just compounded this feeling of, you know what, who are you to be used by God? You're stupid. Um, and so lectures would, would teach, especially the theology side, and it would just go over my head. And, and I wrestled for so many years with these feelings of, of, of kind of inferiority that God can't use me. Um, and so as I, I, as I kind of launched into my, my counseling ministry, uh, in my, in my 30s, um, I remember the lady that actually counseled me. She brought me up to Joburg and she kind of took me around to a number of counseling centers to show me or to kind of envision me of what a counseling ministry could look like. Um, I was so insecure. I didn't even know how to put a sentence together to ask questions around, you know, how they ran their ministries. And so I started off as the new counselor at, at, at a church in Durban, just feeling completely inadequate and almost feeling really anxious around how on earth can I do what I feel like God has called me to do. And so there was this tension between the vision that God had given me, but this deep sense of inadequacy inside. I was sharing once this, what I was going through with a friend of mine and she was a new question. And she said to me, Mads, didn't once God use a donkey to communicate a message? And I was like, yes. So she said, well, if God can use a donkey, then he can use you. <laughs> and I don't know if she was trying to insult me or whatever it was, but I loved it. And I was like, you're absolutely right. And so I started to realize that, you know what? If God has placed me here, then he can do anything. If he can allow a donkey to speak, then he can use me. And I started a journey of being faithful to the step in front of me. And so a huge part of my, of my 30s and even into my 40s, 
has been a journey of being faithful to the step in front of you. You know, God talks about how he's got plans for our lives. He's got purposes for our lives. And, and, and for me, the liberation that came from just being faithful to the step has taken a huge pressure off of my shoulders. And, and I've realized as I've journeyed uh, along that all I need to do is keep my eyes on him because he's the author and the perfecter of my faith. He's the one that has the big picture in sight. And, and all I need to do is be faithful to plotting and faithful to the step in front of me. And so my journey started off with just being a counselor, but the church I was working for was a really fast growing church. And one person can only counsel so many. And then I was told, well, write a counseling course and train up counselors. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And I was told, go figure it out. So me and God just sat down. I was like, well, you're going to have to guide me here because I don't know what I'm doing. And slowly I built this counseling course and then I trained my first set of counselors, which suddenly I realized I love to do. I love training. And that grew into training more counselors. And then churches started sending their teams for counseling. And and over, over 12, 15 years, I've just been training and training and training. And now I run a ministry called Edify that just wants to empower churches nationally and globally with resources for 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 pastoral care and training and then opportunities to teach and preach and and share and so one of the things that I've been totally blown away by God is where he takes you when you're faithful to the step in front you know scripture talks about how when when we're faithful with little so much more is given and I can honestly bear testimony to that that when we take what he gives us and we're faithful to it, no more, no less, God will multiply it. That's the currency that he works with. Um, and a huge part of, of, my, of my stumbling block, as I've spoken around, was my insecurity around intellect. And, and I remember the first couple of times just teaching my counseling course, if there were, if there were other people attending who had degrees, I would be petrified <laughs> because I honestly thought they were going to say to me, you know, you're a fraud. You don't know what you're talking about. And I would be exposed and I would be humiliated. And so there was this constant tension between fearing that I wasn't adequate. And the call that I felt like God had on me. And it's only been probably in the last four or five years that God drew my attention to uh, Psalm 139, where it says this, uh, it's verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And God started to speak that who he designed me to be was written in his book before my body was formed. And when I think about a designer or a builder or an architect or a creator or an artist, whatever it is, they always have a template to their design before they actually create it. And in a sense, that's what the Scripture started to speak to me that God's purpose and plan for me was ordained and written down before I was born, before I was even formed. That in a sense, he is my made by label. You know, we often, we often, when we buy things, we look at the made by label and, and the made by label in a sense determines the worth of a product. You know, whether you, whether you've got a, 
you know, an Ackermans or Pep label versus a Gucci or Prada. You know, they're kind of, we kind of almost want to determine the value of something based on what it was made by. And God was trying to remind me that my made by label started in his book, in his heart, in his vision for me before he even formed me. And that my experiences of childhood and family life and my schooling, all of that is totally irrelevant in comparison to the vision and the plans and the purpose he had for me. And when I started to chew on this and ponder this, it kind of just blew my mind that I needed to align myself to my made by label, that I was created with an intentional design. And that when I aligned my thinking and my mindset, not to my kind of academic results, but to my creator's intention for me, it kind of led to what I call liberated living. And actually, liberated living is going to be the title to the next book. I haven't started writing it yet, but I'm putting all the ideas down. Imagine if more and more people started to understand who the author to their life is, that it's not based on any of their experiences or any of their academic credentials or whether they got a matric or not, or whether they're just a A-class kid or a G-class kid. It's irrelevant. Your value is based on the fact that there is an author who created you. Now, my youngest son, Levi, loves Lego, and he will often get those Lego kind of boxes, you'll get out the manual and he'll build according to the instructions of his manual. And I remember once he had built this incredible, I think it was a tractor or something and it dropped and it smashed into a thousand pieces. And that's what life sometimes can feel like. Our journey in life smashes our value and our identity into a thousand pieces. And if you don't have that booklet, when your Lego masterpiece crashes and falls, it can almost feel like an impossible task of how do I put this back together again? But knowing that my creator has the blueprints, the design of my life written down means I can lean into him to help me navigate that journey of rebuilding what was broken so that I get to live out according to my intentional design and when I align my thinking, my value, my identity, my foundations to that, it leads to liberated living. That I no, need, I no longer need to fear failure. I don't need to fear my flaws. I always declare that I am a confidently bad speller, but I can write a book, not because of my potential or my ability, but purely because of who I am in Christ that I have a made-by label that determines my worth and my value. And so my hope to listeners, you may think, how on earth can God use me? Well, if he can use a donkey, then he can use me and he can use you. And I always say, you know what, donkeyfy your speech. Why do we have to be so intellectual in the way we speak? Keep it simple. Uh, and God will use you when your heart is willing to be used by him. And when you trust and what he has, in a sense, sewn into you, how he has crafted you and knit you together. I tried knitting once. It's really hard. The fact that God knit me took intentional care and, and effort and time. That's your value because that's what God has poured into you. 
And if you feel like your life is in a million pieces, lean into him because he's got the blueprint to what his purpose and plan for you is. So I hope this brings you hope and handles to hold on to as you journey into growing deeper in your healing and wholeness in Christ. Thank you. God bless. Sure. Thank you so much, Mads. That That is just so on point. And that whole thing of the made by label. Uh, mm. And I think, you know, again, time and time again, the devil is the one who wants to attack that very thing. Uh, because if he can get to the individual, then he can get to the mom or the dad. He can get to the marriage relationship. He can get to the kids. And then generation mm. after generation can be negatively affected. Mads, um, I kind of feel like there's a, there's another story of hope and maybe you and I must talk privately, uh, another story of hope or two in you. Um, because this is good stuff. This is so, so important. But as we conclude and as people are, are wrestling with that thing, because it's so easy to feel this way, I'm a failure. I'm nobody, you know, will I ever amount to much? But then to hold on to the truth. Would you do us a favor and just pray as the Spirit leads you sure. for those people? Sure. Father, I'm so aware that right now, whether it's in your car, at your office desk, or just drinking a cup of coffee, there are many that feel broken, feel like their value is shattered into a million pieces because of life experiences or because of words spoken over them or just because of maybe a current result or kind of failure that you're processing. Father, in that space, I pray right now that you will gather those pieces, that you will gather your your children like a chicken does with their kind of chicks, that you'll bring every listener close to you and that you will start to speak life, that you'll start to mm. speak purpose, that you'll start, start to speak a deeper revelation of knowing our value in you that we are daughters and sons of a king and that our worth starts in who you say we are, not any result, not any failure, not any performance, but what you say. And so, Father, I pray that your voice will spring, will, will speak life and truth uh, into every heart listening, that new, that new life will come out of our hearts as, as it beats before you. And so, Father, we just uh, pray for your continued hand over us. And we thank you that you indeed are a father, a redeemer, and a friend. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And for those who maybe are watching this for the first time or hearing about Mads Dazel for the first time, here's the book. It's been published. It's available, ladies and gentlemen, and um, Mads and I have been chatting about the possibility of hosting a kind of book launch uh, down here in Cape Town, um, and I, th I think it's just so, so important that people get their hands on this book. So, yeah, um, I don't want to let, you know, we, we, we still got a bit of planning to do and whatnot, but really, really hoping that we'll be able to organize that. Mads, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And uh, if people want to connect with you, how do they do that? Uh, they can pop me an email, uh, mad at edify-buildingthesoul.com, um, or they can find my details on my website, edify-buildingthesoul.com. 
easy as that. Mads Dasel, thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you also to your family uh, for making space for you to be a part of Breakfast with Friends, Story of Hope. We really appreciate it so, so much. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.